Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, hey, friends, it's your host, Kate Warman here, and goodness gracious, I am on a high from this weekend. We hosted a joint single soiree with Christina from the DTR blog, and over 150 singles came out to the event. It was so much fun, you guys, and I just want to take a second to thank every single person who came out to join us. It was an honor to meet y'all, to see you face-to-face, and have you sacrifice time, energy, and LA traffic. I know that can be such a hassle, and even your resources to be there, so thank you so much. And with that, I just want to say, you guys, singleness is such a gift. This event really made me reflect and realize that this time in our lives is so pivotal. The dreams you have in your single years aren't just for me and doing Heart of Dating and events like this. It's also for you. Maybe you're not doing a singles ministry, but God has fashioned you to do incredible things in your sphere of the world. So how are you going to step into your calling, take action, and embrace the beauty of your single life today? I love the couple we have on the episode today because they show us how serving on mission in your singleness can lead to serving on mission together in your marriage. Jordan and Matt Julie are the epitome of an incredible couple doing fantastic things for the kingdom. I can't wait for y'all to hear their combo today. Now, one last thing before we get into the episode, I just want to take a moment to read a review because y'all spend time writing these incredible reviews and they help us so much. So I want to continue to keep doing that on iTunes. Cold Brew Joe recently said, thanks Kate for this podcast. Love your topics and how they seem to really hit me. I'm older, 55, outside your typical genre, I'm sure. Yet these podcasts have still been very relevant to me. Thank you for bringing your insight to us all. I love this review so much. I'm so thankful for it. And I just want to say no matter what age you are, you are welcome here. And we are so glad that you're here. Now on that note, I want to introduce our stellar couple for today, Jordan and Matt Dooley. But first things first, Jordan just this week launched her brand new book, Own Your Everyday. I'm so excited for her. Now, let me ask you a few questions. Do you feel like you're stuck with unfigured out dreams? Do you feel the pressure to prove yourself or worry about what others think about you? You are not the only one. And in Jordan's new book, also dubbed The Girlfriend's Guide to a Purpose-Driven Life, it will leave you feeling inspired and excited to move forward with clarity and purpose. Y'all, I'm so excited about this book, and you can pick up your very own copy on Amazon, Jordan's website, or at your favorite book retailer. Now, on top of being an author, Jordan is also a podcaster, content creator, speaker, and entrepreneur whose mission is to equip women with the tools they need to show up for what they're made to do in their career or business and in their everyday life. Jordan has been featured in Inc. Magazine, Ariana Huffington's Thrive Global, Thought Catalog, and more. She describes herself as a multi-passionate three on the Enneagram and is happily married to her college sweetheart, Matt Dooley. The best part is Matt now works alongside Jordan and they together are such a powerhouse working duo. 
So today we talk all about opposites and do opposites really attract and how to also work through different communication issues and so many other things. And we just laugh a lot. So you guys will love their dynamic together. Jordan was on a year ago, actually on the podcast, and it was such a treat to have Jordan and Matt back on together. So get ready y'all to enjoy this conversation with Jordan and Matt Julie. And also after this podcast, don't forget to go pick up a new copy of Jordan's book, Own Your Everyday. Jordan and Matt. Hey, you guys. What is up? Welcome to Heart of Dating. <laughs> hey, thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. So excited to have you guys on. And I have to just tell you all this. I, um, You're such a favorite couple of mine. And I did a sneak peek that I was interviewing you guys today. And people were freaking out because they love you guys. They love you so much. The people love you. Oh, <laughs> well, it's nice to be loved. Thanks all. <laughs> and Matt, they love you too, okay? <laughs> oh, that... that... That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, and actually, it's so funny because Jordan, you came on about a year ago. We were just talking about this, but I can't believe it's been a year. So much has happened. It's flown by. And in terms of not only hard of dating, but also in your world, so many things have oh, happened. Man. You've so even true. launched a podcast. Tell us what's been going on since this last year. <laughs> oh my. Well, in the last year in our personal lives, we've moved and we figured out next steps with careers and I I, uh, yeah, started a podcast in the late fall, well, like mid October. So in the middle of the fall and was blown away by how that's gone and just continued to really love that project. It's a really fun thing to do. And then we, um, had a lot of things happen with the book that I had been writing and now it's the pub date was changed, but all for the better, really exciting things happening with it. And so we've been retitled, recovered, which was a little bit stressful, but I think it's, (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy with what we came with. So now our new book is ready to be launched into the world here in the next couple months. So it's been crazy. So exciting. So many fun projects. You just, I have to just start by asking, what is your Enneagram type? Because I feel like I know, but I need to know for sure that I am right on it. <laughs> take, take a guess. I feel like she's a three. <laughs> One million percent she's a three. And the reason I say that is because I'm like, we're this we're kindred spirits girl because I'm a three two and I'm like hearing you say all this all the projects uh-huh. and I'm like oh I can relate to this girl I can yes. relate to, yes. to the hustle it never ends he's like I call him my my calm in the storm or like a friend of ours recently explained her husband as the string to her balloon and I'm like yeah that's pretty accurate that's that's pretty much what's happening <laughs> you'll just so. fly in a million directions and you're uh-huh. like exactly yeah <laughs> and Matt's like okay girl we gotta we gotta calm down we yeah, gotta come on down. <laughs> We got to put it away. We're going to just sit here and not do anything, which is so tough for me sometimes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Matt, what type were you on the Enneagram now that we're on that topic? We, we can't so figure am, out. So I am kind <laughs> You're of ambiguous. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a five. Really? But also, oh. I might be a like a one with a nine wing. Ooh, okay. Um, we can't figure it out. <laughs> just because I, I do have a lot of hobbies and I like to learn a lot, but... Mm. Which is kind of the five. Which is the five. Yeah. yeah. And then the one. The five like information. You need to like know and you kind of like see everything and you're just like, let me gather it all so I can know, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> so and then what's the one? The one is the perfectionist. The perfectionist. And that's the thing. He's not like a total perfectionist other than when it comes to his craft. But 
It's like, it's there, hard to explain. So that's why we're like, we kind of feel like you're a five, a one or a nine or maybe a six. So we're still like, <laughs> I'm not a six. We I'm need not to call a six. I'm not organized enough to be a six. Oh, okay. So a one, five or nine. So basically Matt's just a mashup and he kind <laughs> yeah. of destroys the Enneagram by existing because he can't, like every time we try to, like he did a test and it told him one thing, but then we read the book and we were like, no, it's definitely this. Friends have diagnosed that or this. So we're like, you know what? We don't know. What's wrong with it? <laughs> you just keep on going. One of these days, you're going to have an epiphany. You're going to be like, ah, that's what I was this entire mm. time. I feel so known. Like, you're just going to get it. I think the thing that is interesting and that we've talked about is how, like, as much as the Enneagram has so much accuracy to it, it's almost mm-hmm. like another label that we put on ourselves yeah, in our so federation. And it's like, I don't know if we can really be boxed into one complete number, which I get. Like, there's wings and there's this. And I think it's pretty accurate in many ways. But I also am like, I feel like it's kind of a limitation, too. It can be a pro and a con. So yeah. I'm like, well, whether we figure it out or not, like, you're still mad. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. And also, we are, like, parts of every type. So honestly, yeah. like we, it, we could try to like go blue in the face, figuring out what we are, but I'm like, well, we're actually all parts of it. So yeah. I love that. Well, you guys, I'm so excited to just dive into our conversation because, you know, there's such a, a realness and a rawness to what you guys share, um, both in podcast interviews, online, just everything. And so, um, I think that that's why people are so drawn to you guys, because you're not afraid to get down and dirty and just share like the amazing parts and kind of the not so amazing parts of just dating relationships, marriage. Um, so today I was like, what are we going to talk about? And I just kind of want to get into the nitty gritty of some of those things. Um, things like opposites being opposite and can opposites actually attract to one another and things like communication and expectations and kind of stuff like that. So let's get on into it. So the the first thing I kind of want to start talking about is is this idea of opposites. And I've heard you guys talk about pretty openly about having just different strengths and weaknesses, but that you've learned over time that you can actually be compliments in many ways. So I'm really curious, that obviously probably took some time, but how did that happen? Taking it all the way back to when you guys were dating, how did that play out in dating when you were getting to know one another? (laughs) Well, I would say one of the first things I noticed that I was kind of confused by is I am, I'm, I'm a homebody in a lot of ways. Like I'm good with just hanging out at home. I don't care if we go anywhere, do anything, but I do enjoy when I do go out, I like to share those experiences with people. Mm-hmm. And so when we first started dating, just the different ways we communicate and what certain things mean, it actually might be a little bit due to where we were raised to. Like I say, take a shower. Matt says, have a shower. Like there's just different things. That <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm apparently the only person who says that. <laughs> Yeah, have a shower. I actually have never said that. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't know. But anyways, we just have different ways of saying things. So that was one, even just when it comes to like how we communicate. And so when we first started dating, one time um, Matt was texting me and he was like, I'm going to a movie. And I was like, oh, okay, fun. Like with your teammates, like with who? He's like, no, I'm just going by myself. Like I didn't even invite me. We were dating. Didn't ask me if I wanted to go. I was kind of like, okay, you know, so oh, we just have a different way of doing things like I again don't go feel like I need to go to movies or do things all the time but if I do I would go with somebody you know and he's more like totally content taking himself on a dinner date like even if he's dating me it was just funny um you can speak to that if you want yeah I mean I'm I am just the type of person where I'm comfortable being just by myself Mm. and so it was it was kind of strange like it was funny Jordan yeah she would text like where where are you at oh I'm I'm at the movies oh nice (laughs) (laughs) 
by <laughs> like, myself. Like I, me, I didn't realize this I. had to be a group activity. <laughs> Which I just thought was so different because I normally didn't do it that way. Um, yeah. So I'm totally content by myself. That's more like I'm content at home in my pajamas by myself. But yeah. if I'm going to go somewhere, I want to share the experience. So that was one thing that we found like just immediately we thought very differently on or like different things where mm. the way we would communicate when we were, you know, in our dating years. And one time I think you were going to practice or something. I was like, we should get ice cream after practice. And he was like, that'd be awesome. So in my mind, I'm like, cool, we have a date set. Like I was it's a plan. Ready. like, I knew his practice ended <laughs> right. at 30. And, and then he just never said anything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're dating and he's standing me up. This is weird. Like, <laughs> well, we had never actually like scheduled it. And oh said, no. Like, yeah. This is what we're, like, all right, I will pick you up at seven. It was just like, oh, you know, it'd be fun idea. to get ice cream. On, and I was agreeing that, yes, it would be fun. <laughs> not agreeing to putting it on my calendar. So oh, my gosh. We do that so often. Jordan, I'm like you in that way. I'm like, okay, if we've said it, that means it's happening. Okay, so I'll yeah. see you at this time. I'm like, assume. And then the other person's like, But oh, this the is words, I'll idea. see you at this time were never spoken. <laughs> right. So. Okay, Matt, I hear it. I hear it. I've made that mistake as well. <laughs> Gotta get so confirmation. I would say the way we communicate about how certain things are happening and the way we sometimes do different things, you know, and expectations of, I was like, oh, I would expect that you would invite your girlfriend to a movie, but like, that's cool. You know, like I just kind of, and I wasn't bummed about it, but. I'm a, I'm a broke college student. <laughs> I, I got enough money for one ticket and I want to see this movie. I don't want to fight over what movie we're watching. Oh man. You <laughs> know what? That changes when you get married though. This is, but what I love is that it's hashtag boundaries and we need that in dating, yeah. right? It's yes. like, it's, you have to have yourself plus the other yes. person, but you still have to. And I love that you actually did that. And you're like, no, this is my thing. I want to do yep. this. <laughs> yep, it was great. But anyways, so that's definitely, we knew very early. Yeah. And like, we just very quickly discovered that he's pretty organized on certain things, like with how his work processes are, but like how he, in his personal life, not at all organized. And I'm kind of the opposite. Like in my work processes, because I'm so creative, like I can kind of be all over the place. And I need someone that's like an executor and implementer to be very like specific. Like he does spreadsheets and he does that mm. kind of thing. I've never on a spreadsheet in my life like, I'm more like <laughs> really? does it look good do people like it great you know and so I'm not as organized or systemized in necessarily my work processes unless I have someone else that's more strength like stronger in that because I'm such a quick starter and someone who just wants to get to the end result um and on the flip side I'm very organized in my personal life like my drawers cannot be out of place I hate when someone holds a towel the wrong way like oh my just, like clump it in a ball throw oh it in a no I'm not <laughs> That was one of our first. Matt, I don't think you're a what? How, how to fold a towel? Oh, it was like oh you're, you're, no, a shirt. A oh, shirt, a, shirt. a shirt. Yeah, it's like you're folding your shirts wrong. I was like, are, what? Who are you? Oh my god! Come in. Like, I'm like a shirt police. <laughs> You know what? You guys are reminding me of the Marie Kondo stuff and documentary. Have you heard of her? She's like, oh, yeah. the art of oh, yeah. tidying up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was not finding joy in Jordan's, uh, you know, direction of how I should fold things. Oh, Th that gosh. did not, that, did, that didn't spark joy. Oh, it sparked joy for me and shouldn't that make you happy? <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is so funny. Okay, so moral of the story, like if people are dating right now and they see someone who's like really different from them, it's not like to freak them out, right? You just have to navigate it and kind of continue to see how maybe some of their 
things that are different from you might be a strength that you can also combine with, right? Is that kind of what happened with you? Yeah, I feel like if you're like-minded and have clear, you know, similar vision, but that maybe the way you get there, the way you function is a little bit different. You almost, you do need both, you know, so it's not Mm. necessarily, not necessarily, sorry, I just like choked over my hands, but it's not necessarily a bad thing as a result. You know, it's just, it's, are we working towards the common goal? Do we, you know, are our values aligned? If so, then like, cool, you can say potato and I can say potato and it's still going to taste the same, you know? Yes. That's good. That was really, that was a really weird analogy. No, but I like it. (laughs) You say it different ways, but it's the same outcome. And it's like kind of, you do it differently, but you have the same vision. You have the same mission at the end of the day. Um, so good. Okay. So on this topic of kind of being opposites, there's also the level of just women who are really independent. Now I talk to many women who are kind of hashtag girl bosses. And sometimes what I hear is that they just have a harder time softening in relationship or letting men do anything for them. And I say this also because I'm totally guilty of it. Just being like, I can do it. I'm all, I'll do it all myself. Um, and Jordan, I know you're, you're a bold woman. You're a powerhouse of a woman. So my question is, how have you learned in relationship to balance being a girl boss especially in your work life, but also not just always bringing that girl bossness into your relationship with Matt at home. Um, can I let you know when I figure that out? <laughs> no, um, it's, a process. it's a challenge for sure. Yeah. My nature is to discover, find, do and figure out, you know, yeah. and I think um, Marie Forleo says all things are figure outable. And like, I embody that to every degree. Like he could give me a step-by-step formula, something he's figured out, but I want to figure it out, you know? And mm. so it's, it's a little bit tough. And I think you can probably speak into this a little bit more, but it honestly requires accountability and having some boundaries that he mm-hmm. honestly has to hold me to. And I'm really grateful for someone like him because I, you know, as a three or as someone who's kind of naturally an achiever, you can totally overwork yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I constantly struggle with. And so he's pretty good about just holding me kind of my feet to the fire with that. Like, Hey, this was the commitment we made and it's this time. And we said we'd be off our phones by this time. And he's actually taken action to implement certain systems in our house to help with that. Like with, go ahead. You can. Yeah. So I like last week I got us a home phone. Cause we're like 80. It's fine. Um, so <laughs> you have I, a home phone. Oh my God. I got a home phone. Yeah. Verizon has a uh, home really? phone plan. Oh my and gosh. What was the, yeah. what is the motive? Um, basically, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so <laughs> the reason is, so I just, I, I just left my job, uh, two weeks ago. Okay. Um, to work with Jordan full time. Oh, amazing. And so oh, gosh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So it's awesome. And, um, but we need to draw the line between like work and home. Mm. Like we want the home to be, you know, a, a place of rest and refuge yeah. and not a place of stress mm-hmm. that work can often be so and he tries to make sure he's like we don't talk about work in the bedroom like mm, that's good like and so just things like that which can sometimes still be a challenge like i'll like roll yeah, over her, at her, one in the morning her, and i'm like wait i have an idea <laughs> he's like <laughs> write, i'm sleeping babe. down and we'll talk in the morning yeah, yeah. Um, good that's no but good. got the home phone so we can shut our phones off at you know 7 p.m and uh put them in a drawer and Ooh, that's uh, so good that mm-hmm. way we're not on them all the time and we can truly disconnect. And then, you know, the people who would need to get a hold of us have a way to contact us. And then mm. anyone who doesn't can wait till the morning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, it, it's just kind of like protecting our home. Mm-hmm. Like mm. it's the way that I can protect our family in that mm. way um, from overworking. So, yeah. yeah. And I guess that kind of indirectly answers the question because it's not like I, I honestly, by nature, wouldn't think of like, how can I, you know, it's just like this whole idea of, you know, kind of, I, I can be hardened and not in the sense that I'm like harsh. It's more like, I'm just so like 
on mission and so focused, so like idea oriented that it kind of naturally hardens you to like notice feelings, you know, Mm. um, it's like, Oh, I need to be present in this moment. Okay. You know, it's Mm. like, it's hard for me to get there unless boundaries like that are set up so that I'm in a system and a routine to where it's like, okay, cool. Like I can go into like at home wife mode at 6 PM and I have to take my business kind of building hat off. And Mm. that's a challenge because it doesn't naturally shut off very easily. But if I know there are parameters, it does help and allow me to kind of make that shift in role. Not necessarily because, and I think that's what's so great about having Matt work with me is there's very few people that I feel not necessarily that are, how do I describe that? You know how it is when you're kind of like a boss or you're creating something. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't really, it's helpful to have like your husband kind of, leading that with you because you don't it, it kind of helps me get out of the mode of like I'm in charge you know it actually yeah. is like takes the pressure off a little bit to have him kind of walking alongside me like you know what you don't have to figure this all out and it allows me to let him kind of lead it a little bit so I don't feel like I have to be like charging every full in front. so that's been kind of a decision we made for our family too because I knew that you know going into wanting to build a family and building our you mm. know our family, we, that wasn't going to be sustainable if that's all I was doing and couldn't actually come back into those moments of like being present and being softened and being, you know, fully focused on relationship and not just, you know, results in a, in a place of work. So I love that. And so also on this, just like, you know, having boundaries with work is so vital. And I love that you guys have set that up for yourselves. Like it's so, so valuable. There's this like idea, um, this word of snubbing and it's, or uh, fubbing, sorry. So it's basically mm-hmm. phone snubbing. So when you're with someone, when you constantly are checking your phone, constantly looking at it, you're snubbing them, but with your phone, you know, and we do that so often with people and also in relationships. And it basically mm-hmm. makes the other person just feel like you are not there, that you're mm-hmm. constantly have a different priority, which is your phone, either work or just social and we get so attached to that. So you guys, that's really amazing. The home phone. I'm like, okay, that is an an awesome suggestion. Now, another (laughs) part just of this is Jordan in this process. And Matt, you could speak to this too. Did you ever have a hard time? Like when I see women who are just like strong girl bosses, very independent, um, you know, I live in LA before this, I lived in New York and talked with a lot of friends about this, but it's sometimes hard to even let men do stuff for us because I'm like, I'm good. I got it. (laughs) And, but at the same time, like that men will feel so defeated if we don't allow them to do some things for us. If we don't mm-hmm. allow them to like, you know, open the door if he wants to, or, you know, plan a date because as a three, I'm like, Oh, I'll plan the date. It's all good. <laughs> you yep. know, yep. or I do planning for my own life so I can do that. Um, and this has been a hard thing for me even learning, but how have you got, have you balanced that, um, allowing him to take some leadership and, or just do things for you? Um, well, (laughs) um, you know, again, I think a lot of it, and this is where it's, it's hard conversations for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's also allowing myself to desire that. Cause I think even no matter how, no matter how driven we are, no matter how like independent we are, I think deep down inside of every single one of us is a girl who wants a prince, you know, is a girl who Mm. wants to be cared for. That doesn't mean we want to be coddled. That doesn't mean we want everything to be done for us. But I think there is like, because I know that, like, I've, like, there's many times when I get into a vulnerable moment, and I'm like, can you help me? You know, yes. and I'm like, stop crying, because I've just hit my maximum, because I overworked myself. And so, mm. um, I think I've just slowly had to learn different little ways to relinquish control. And it's interesting, because at first, I was like, I need to control how I'm relinquishing control. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> so um, there's like double level of control. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, okay, if I'm gonna have to, if I'm gonna relinquish control over this task or that task or whatever, I need to know and see that you 
are just as equally invested in it as I am. Like you have just as much interest in what needs to be accomplished or done that I do so I can entrust it to you. Because if I feel like someone's half bought in or they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it, I don't trust them with it. I'm like, Mm. fine, whatever, I'll handle it, you know? And so Mm, that's been something I think Matt's learned about me and you can speak into this too. But I think you, like at first I would give him like, okay, these are things that I know I need help with and I can't handle, but I also don't really like just like throwing them at you because A, that's not fair to him because he doesn't know what I expect in my brain if I don't communicate it. And B, it may not be a top priority for him like it is for me. So something that I've had to learn to do is like, okay, pause, sit down and say, hon, these are three things I really need help with and here's how I'd like to see it happen. And then he'll communicate to me. Like even this morning, we had to film something and I basically was explaining my vision. But he's like, okay, what do you need me to do today to make that happen? Like yeah, he needed a breakdown. So it, I kind of learned that about him. So in order to like, once we learned the way each other works and communicates, I was able to basically say, okay, I'm going to put it on a list or like explain the breakdown of what needs to happen and then give you the end result that I'd like to see. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to like empower him to do things or not even empower, like ask him to do things I know I can't do on my own, but I have to kind of, I've had to learn how to communicate that effectively so that when I do, I know he has full vested interest and he's going to do just as good of a job, if not better than I would have. And then he's able to really own some things and lead in some areas that I'm actually not that strong in. I just would prefer to have control over because it's in my head. And so he allows me to get it out of my head, but he's kind of mm. had to do that. If that makes sense. Mm. Do you want to speak to that at totally all? Makes sense. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's twofold because, mm-hmm. you know, deep down, like Jordan said, like she does want to be led. Mm-hmm. If, even apart from her, you know, independent spirit and drive, mm-hmm. there's this like you want to be loved and have this mm-hmm. sense of security. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, like you have to let your husband mm-hmm. lead you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it, and then for the guys, like you have to be somebody worth like worthy of respect. You mm-hmm. can't be a bum. Yeah. And be like, well, you know, I'm trying to lead her. It's like she's not going to go in that direction because you're a bum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> More it, it, yeah. So it's yeah, but you, you you've got to show that you're mm-hmm. somebody worthy of respect, mm-hmm. and then like you like ladies, you have to like let him lead you. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean like dominate you. It just right. means like give him give him ways that he can help you. Like yes. Be being helped it means having a team member like it means being guided along and not trying to just like spearhead the whole thing as an individual by yourself yeah and you know I'll say like I think that's something you really learned because Matt was never really a bum at all but it was just there were certain like he didn't know that there were certain choices or behaviors he made that were just true to his personality and the way that he prioritized rest that I would like perceive as like oh he doesn't care or oh he's Mm. lazy couple hours to relax like so he had to realize that that's what the message was being communicated to me so then it wasn't beckoning me to respect until he and then when he understood that he's like okay how can I still prioritize rest in a way that doesn't come across that way to you what can we get on the same page about and so that was something we had to learn too was how is this perceived because you might not be trying to be a bum at all but it's just the way that you have to understand how something might come across and once Mm. he's kind of that shift and we've gotten on the same page there and I've understood he just is actually better about prioritizing rest than I am. That's not laziness. That's just wise. Um, <laughs> then the other thing was he's, you know, Matt, just, Matt, I mean, the way people have said it, like he just doesn't, he just doesn't deal with BS. It's kind of how he yes. says it. Like, it's kind of a harsh way to put it, but like, it's true. I mean, if, if I'm kind of just being really controlling or if I have an attitude because I want to just do it my way and I'm on a roll and I'm doing it how I want to do it, he just straight up says to me like, cut the attitude. Like, yeah, he's like, not I'll, like playing I'll, I'll call her out. Yeah. You know? Yes, that's so good. You, you don't want to create habits when you're dating mm-hmm. of like throwing a temper tantrum to get your way. Because <laughs> it's like, 
or just being you're, you're not you're not yeah. four years old <laughs> yeah. and we're grown-ups mm-hmm. and we're going to discuss something you know like adults mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and address the issue head on because if, if you if you train that behavior it's gonna in either way back yeah before. in either way like it's, if you're if there's behavior you see in a dating relationship that like like there was times where I would get really frustrated because he wasn't even hearing me because I was complaining about something or being really controlling. And he's like, I'm not dealing with this. And I would be like, get very, very frustrated. I don't know if I'd say temper tantrum, but I would just be like, come on, why aren't you listening? You know? <laughs> and he's like, we're going to talk like civil adults. And until you can get there, we're not going to have a conversation. Mm, and so he would draw boom. those hard lines and it would yeah. make me so mad in the moment. And I'd be like, you're the worst, you know, but I think what it did is it began to set expectations and he will continue to draw hard lines. And there's times where I'm like, okay, I'm drawing a hard line on you rested for three hours now time to get up, you know? And so it's like, it's Mm. it's back and forth. It's not like he has to like, you know, control me or I have to make him a certain way. We make each other better because I know that his tendency can sometimes be to rest too much. And he knows my tendency can be to control too much and be too emotional. And work too much. Yeah. And so he'll be like, all right, this is the line. I'm identifying it for you because you can't identify it for yourself. And I do the same thing for him. Mm. So it's a really like it, but you have to have those conversations. Like, am I allowed to hold you to this? Or can you, know, can you respect when I hold you to this? Because I know this is a problem for you. And if you're honest with yourself, you know, it's a problem too, because then there's an expectation. If you just start holding someone to something and not actually like showing mm. the respect of doing this for your best interest and for the, yeah, when, when you know, when you know that you're, significant other has your best interest in mind mm-hmm. like that's, that's something good. you can fall back on yeah it's like you can, you can, you can always moment, go but... back yeah you, it's frustrating because mm-hmm. it hurts your pride mm-hmm. but yeah. in the end you say okay you know they they really do care for my overall well-being mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think in, in that to that point specifically it's so vital and i think what i see in here and happen so much is that that's the hard part to get to because dating is so ambiguous and you don't have that true there's no covenant right so it's like mm-hmm. they could leave at any moment in time mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. you know and assuming that they have your best interests especially it's <laughs> harder with our society or just in general like past histories you know and past heartbreaks and past breakups or past traumas that we're like oh i don't assume and And yeah, I mean, I've struggled with that personally, just like, okay, this is triggering me to something in the past. How do I recognize this trigger and not associate this person with that? It's just because it's something in the past, you know? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Friends, I want to take a quick pause in today's episode to tell you about something I am so excited about. I just want to say that I know the struggle is real with dating in our current culture. It can be murking and confusing and sometimes just so frustrating. Do you ever feel like you have no idea what you're doing or that you keep trying and failing or that you just don't know how to handle hard situations or conversations with people? Or maybe you just feel stuck in a dating wasteland with no good potentials. I get it and I have felt a ton of those exact same things. Now a huge issue when it comes to dating is that we don't have a ton of great resources out there for guidance. The Bible doesn't talk about dating because it didn't exist at the time. And now today, about 50% of the church in the U.S. is single, and even that number is growing. So the problem is that we need resources. I get it. I get all your frustrating feelings. So I have made it a goal of mine to research and talk to pastors and watch videos and read as many books as I can just so that I can be equipped to do this podcast as well as go into my own dating life with the best and sharpest possible tools. And I have exciting news today. I have compiled all of my favorite dating resources and created a free resource guide for you so you don't have to scour for all the best things to read or watch anymore. It is called The 7 Resources to Change the Dating Game. 
I truly believe that this guide will help you navigate this journey with clarity and intention. It is going to help you to sharpen the tools in your toolbox and get out there and date amazingly. You can grab this free resource by visiting heartofdating.com forward slash seven resources. That is heartofdating.com forward slash seven resources. I am so excited for you guys to get your hands on this incredible free resource. So, okay, you guys have brought up a lot with communication. I think that's, we'll just like keep on going into that because I think that's one of the hugest things, right? And dating, and it's funny at the start of relationships because typically we're not as used to communicating with the other gender. Like when we're single, I'm like talking to all my girlfriends all the time. And when you're a guy, you're talking to all your dudes and you kind of talk a certain way with them, right? Women were super emotional and loving and we can like cuddle up on the couch and guys, maybe not so much exactly the same way. And that's generalizing, but um, what can you, I mean, you've already tackled some of this, but what other kinds of communication differences have you guys battled through? And like, what are strategic practical things that have helped you so that the other person can hear you? Cause I think that's the biggest thing. It's like realizing, okay, if I say it this way, they're not hearing me. So mm-hmm. how do I get it to be something that they can actually hear versus just defeat, like giving up and like being so mad at them because they just don't hear you at all. Like sometimes we Mm -hmm. have to work on that. So what does that look like for you guys? (laughs) I I think a lot of it is just kind of you learn on the fly. Mm. Like you're going to have disagreements. It's not like you go on your first date and you're like, okay, well, um, what's your love language? (laughs) Yeah, Like like, this is stuff you learn over time and you're going to, yeah. And Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I think one I, thing I think for- it's just being being upfront and honest mm, um, and good. explaining like why, you know, Jordan explaining why something makes her feel a certain way or why I think a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, and Matt is a yeah. man. I just want to ask you that, like, how is that for you? Because I find that men sometimes have a harder time being vulnerable or even saying their needs, which can be really tough. So what did that, was that ever a hang up for you? Um, or did you, because the worst thing for me is when I share a need and, but the guy is like never sharing his needs ever. And I'm asking and he's just like, no, I'm good. You're good. I'm good. And I'm like, wait, no. Like, like, there's not though. It's not. You have needs, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, when when you, I, I think it's a little bit different when you get to marriage. Yeah. Um, just because you can, there's an, another layer of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like majority of guys are very, like, like if you were to ask what their love language is, like. Physical is going to be one of the top two. Yeah. <laughs> Physical touch. So, yeah. Um, like, there are certain boundaries in dating, uh, at least there were for us, where, like, that wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, there are certain needs that you, they, they can't be met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So they're uh, like, why would I even say it? Yeah. Like, it's like, why would, like, I don't want to have that awkward conversation. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it. And mm-hmm. I'm fine. It's mm-hmm. all good. <laughs> well, I think when you come, when you're talking about strategies and stuff, I mean, when our differences, we tend to one thing we found is like we want to trump each other like when we're mm. trying to make our point like sometimes we focus more on being right than being unified mm. um actually most of the time when we're arguing <laughs> or just not seeing eye to eye yes. so for us you know just even the other day we were sitting there we were eating dinner i think we were traveling somewhere and anyway we just said like i think we were both just hangry it was a long day i felt like everything we were just it basically was like if you're for that i'm against it it was like even though it was like 
this is not a big deal. Like, do you want peanuts or do you want popcorn? It really doesn't matter. But if you wanted popcorn, then for sure I wanted peanuts. I think we were driving somewhere. You know, it's just like every little thing. We were just totally like the opposite of each other. Oh and I'm like, gosh. why? And so we finally got to dinner. I'm like, okay, why have we been arguing the last 24 hours straight? Like, what the heck is going on? And we kind of got to the root of that. And then he was kind of like, you know, I think we need, or what we said, we need to have a strategy for when we get into these things where it's like the whole point is just now one-upping each other, not even like for any good reason. Mm. Um, and so we came up with like a little solution. We were like, okay, when, well, two things, first thing I'll say is before I even get into that, you had mentioned something about girls saying like why they have certain needs or what they feel. One thing I would always say, and I wrote this in like a resource I created was I think a lot of us women can focus on telling a guy how we feel like Mm. we're upset. We're this, we're that. But we often forget, like, they need factual information. We exchange information as women most of the time to create connection. A lot of times guys exchange information to literally exchange information, like, Mm, to gain them. Yeah. So if you're explaining the why behind something, like, here's the factual three reasons as to why this is causing what my reaction is, they can usually interpret that and make more sense of it than if you're just like, this is how I feel and this is how I feel, you know? So I just want to put that out there because that's That's something I've learned. But then alongside that, when we were having this kind of like just back and forth frustration for a long period of time, we were like, we need to have a strategy because when this can happen, when we're both hangry or exhausted or traveling or whatever, we need to know what the like limit is because we just otherwise will keep going. And so Mm. we were sitting there and we were like, okay, we want to have a word that we say that basically like Mm. there's a rule. So we want to create rules and boundaries. So I think we chose our word to be truce Mm. that we chose our word. So if we're like going back and forth and we're arguing and then you know, one of us says, okay, okay, truce. And if the other person keeps trying to talk after that, that doesn't mean the other person doesn't get a chance to say their piece. But if they're just like, no, I'm not done or whatever. And they keep talking. Um, that means that person has to do the dishes for the next seven days straight. Like, oh, no, man. you know, or like whatever task, like we kind of like to like balance together. So nobody has to do it all the time. Mm. It's like immediately that's your responsibility because you've broken the boundary. It's basically like the truce is five minutes to cool off. And then if you want to restructure what you were trying to say, if it's truly legitimate and an argument that needs to be made you can say in such a way that you're not going to say something you regret or say in a way that's mean or emotional it's more just like these are the three reasons why I feel the way I have and this is why I've been trying to explain it do you understand that you know rather Mm -hmm. than like no you did this and you did that and you say this you know so just kind of like getting that place to like pause game over no one can say anything you have take five and then if in five minutes you still feel the need to say that then we can rediscuss so that's That's, you know just a simple strategy we recently put into place and I think just having a tool like that can be so helpful that's so funny because I've used that in a relationship before and it was so impactful and actually a therapist told me like it's true like actually in your brain you can't calm down like you can't be Mm -hmm. rational in that moment Mm -hmm. when you're heated and it's Mm -hmm. like all these things happening in your brain so you need Mm -hmm. some time actually to Mm -hmm. get away and and actually even five minutes up to 20 minutes like just a cool off time Mm -hmm. um, typically to cool off your brain. It, I mean, this is from my therapist, but she was like 20 minutes at minimum to really, really cool it off. Some people take less than that. But like, that's so powerful. If you're really noticing like, okay, we're just not getting each other or we're just missing each other. Or I'm getting heated or I'm being triggered or whatever it is. Um, well, I'm, it's funny because usually after like five minutes, we end up looking at each other and cracking up. We're like, this is dumb. Can we go get ice cream? Like it just, yeah. you know, it's just it usually because usually in those moments when you get the most heated, if you get through it, you're like, I'm not actually mad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just your pride. Yeah, it's not worth ruining everything over, you know. So yeah, it's definitely 
definitely good. That's so okay. So this is a side thing that I've totally heard from a mentor of mine, but I just want to ask you guys this, this is off the cusp. But have you guys ever heard about the porcupine and the rhinoceros? <laughs> No, but I totally would be the porcupine. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So just let me give you, so anybody listening can relate to this. The, the analogy is that like in conflict or in communication that someone is typically not always a rhinoceros and someone is a porcupine. So rhinoceros is like run down the conversation. They'll like charge at full speed ahead. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay, I'm for sure okay. <laughs> and the porcupine, I my comment. <laughs> Keep going, but I think I'm the porcupine. Yes, and then the porcupine is usually like, oh, you've stung me. I'm going to put out my pointers, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Can't with you right now. And and so someone's usually like, let's deal with this head on. I'm going to run you down as a rhinoceros, and the other one's kind of the porcupine. And they – Go back. Go back. I'm definitely the porcupine. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm I'm actually retracting. But it's usually – typically, there's someone who's a rhinoceros and a porcupine in each relationship. Usually. Sometimes rhino, rhino, porcupine, porcupine. But – yeah, I just want to put that out there. So, Jordan, you feel like you're the porcupine? <laughs> I think so. Like, I'll still kind of like poke back, but I wouldn't. Be passive aggressive. Whatever. Because but yes, get, it's passive aggressive. Because you're, you're a woman and you. That was be... a big stereotype. Yeah, wow. I know, but I'm owning it. <laughs> no. And I, I, can be, I can be bullheaded sometimes and be a rhinoceros and just be like, I just want to fix it. Yeah. What's the problem? Instead of like hearing how she feels. Yeah. So, mm. this goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, well, I will good. say, like, a lot of times I'll like to poke back and like make my point and then I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. No, mm, you know, and I kind of just like retract and he's like, no, we're confronting this problem. I think that's yes. part of having a football background. He's like, no, yeah. you tackle it or it goes <laughs> past you. you know? right. So yes. yeah, I think, I think that's definitely a pretty accurate description for sure. Like I can be a roster till I start losing or till like, I feel like I'm getting trumped over and then I'm like, okay, time to poke and I'm going to retreat. So yeah, definitely, definitely understand. That's interesting. Never heard that before. I know. I loved it. I was like, oh, wow, I'm definitely this. I usually am the rhinoceros. So typically, I don't know, because I'm just like, let's do this. Let's conquer it right now. I got all the answers. Let's da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just mm-hmm. like how it goes. Um, okay. Funny. Any other like communication tips like from so actually you brought something up just now, Matt, that guys usually like to fix and women usually just want to be heard. So how has that played out for you guys? Because that's a true huge communication thing that some Sometimes we don't realize going into relationships like, hey, sometimes as women, we just just you don't have to fix everything. Just listen to me. I just need you to like mm-hmm. listen, put your arm around me on the couch. You need to solve. You're just like hearing, you know, mm-hmm. and guys are like, no, let me fix everything. So mm-hmm. what has that been like? Or have you guys experienced that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I um, <laughs> yeah, I think it it's hard because like, like you said, like guys, guys want to fix, but it's a discipline. You have to learn to listen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the flip side, there's a certain degree where if, if all you're talking about is how you feel, how you feel, how you feel, it, it gets to a point to where it's like, okay, we like, we literally, I understand how you feel like <laughs> that, that horse is dead. Stop beating it. <laughs> so like, what are we going to oh do God. to fix it? There, there comes a time, but there's, there's a also a time to that. listen. Yeah. And yes. To, you know, mm-hmm. so there, you know, there's lines, you know, it, it goes both ways. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a reason I think we are the way we are. You know, it's like there needs to be an element of being heard. And I think it, it helps a man like learn to listen and really be able to like, first of all, sympathize or empathize because that's usually what we're asking for. And we do, I think ultimately want it solved if there's a true real problem, 
Is our home phone ringing? Our right home now? phone is ringing. Oh, oh my goodness gracious! There it is, coming full here's, circle. Someone's here's, calling you. Here's the problem: is the home phone we get collect calls now on, and I'm like, oh, this God. is not okay. So, I'm not sure how long this is going to last. But either way, Jordan's um, like, no, I can't do it. No. Matt had to step out to answer our home phone. Who was it? Was it a home collect call? Okay. It was definitely ringing. I heard our phone ring. Yeah. Well, okay. You know what I pictured? I'm sorry. This is so funny. I forgot that phones are cordless. So I'm picturing like you guys have a cord on your phone, which you totally yeah. don't. Like <laughs> Andy Griffith show, like uh, Colin. Yeah. M or whoever the operator yeah. was. Oh, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. Could you connect me to the general store? Like, no, it's not like a... You know, a rotary dial. Oh my gosh, that's what I was picturing. This is how long ago I had a real like phone. Like I'm thinking, I mean, I know they had wireless when I last had a home phone, but that was what I was picturing. And it was that much funnier to just picture you guys in your bedroom, like at night with your curlers in or something. And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) and you're like answering your rotary phone. Like, hello, this is Jordan. (laughs) Not that fancy. Oh my gosh! But sorry, anyway, guys. I'm gonna redo that picture in my mind. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? I don't even remember what I was saying before our phone rang. But. Um. Well, we were talking about being heard, or just sometimes oh, being yeah. listening, guys listening, and that stereotype. But how sometimes it happens. But then you're going on about that. Does that? Yeah, I think it's just it really balances us. You know, it's like yeah. it's all you're gonna do. It's like my friend put it to me this way. She's like, if you're seeking. Or if you feel like you have to vent to more than three people, like as a woman, like, you know, we can kind of slip into gossiping when we think we're just processing or we're seeking solutions. She's like, you're not really seeking solutions. You're just seeking attention. And I was like, ooh, that's convicting. Mm. So I think we as women sometimes have to ask ourselves, like, if I'm going over and over and over about this, am I really seeking a resolution? Am I in any way like, you know, I think sometimes first processing our emotions actually helps us get to a resolution. But then if we've crossed that threshold to the point where it's like, no, all I'm doing is seeking attention now. It's like, that's not healthy for the relationship or yourself. Mm. So... Um, I think having the reason a man is kind of more inclined to fix often, I truly believe is because it helps us, even though that takes a level of discipline for them to learn when the appropriate time to do that is, is it gives us a boundary a little bit. Otherwise we can just pop ourselves into a hole and all we're doing is like making ourselves miserable, you know, focus so much on how we feel about something that it's like, okay, how do we move on so that you don't keep feeling that way? So again, it's, it's, I think circumstantial and situationally specific. Um, I don't know if that applies to everything, but I think in many ways there's a reason there's that kind of give and take because in the same token, you know, a lot of times men just want to fix something and they don't actually deal with the issue at the root. Like then four months later it hits them. And right. they fix, go fix, a- yeah. Fixing something can be, you know, sometimes it's putting a bandaid on something yeah. and that's not mm, healthy. That's true. But if there's an issue that needs to be addressed, mm-hmm. it's like, yes, you want to get to the, the root, the mm-hmm. heart of it, mm-hmm. like how she's feeling. Mm-hmm. And then you want to take the steps to actually address the root issue beneath mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. because right. the anger and the fighting and whatever it is, is just a symptom mm-hmm. of the, the actual, yeah. you know, problem. That's so yeah. good. So kind of like listening to her feelings and then mm-hmm. allowing it to like come to a level of eventually processing what that actually is. Because also, mm-hmm. but like the other thing is like, I think Bianca Oltoff said this when we were having a conversation and this is going to sound ridiculous, but feelings are like farts is what she said, that sometimes <laughs> they smell bad at first, but eventually they go away. <laughs> and- <laughs> 
That's great. And, but like, so, but sometimes it is. It's like, and it's not to discount our feelings. We shouldn't just say you can never like. We should never say to somebody you shouldn't feel that way. Like that can be the most offensive thing to say someone. Um, yeah. And right. maybe it is kind of a misguided or a, not a great feeling for them to even be having, or maybe they're living in stories and assumptions or having anxieties, whatever it is. But you can't discount it. But the fact is that a lot of times our feelings can change. And so listening to it, but not sitting in it so long to like allow it to take over. <laughs> so I actually really love that, you guys. You seem yeah. to have like a good balance of that within your relationship. Um, okay, so the last thing I want to ask you guys, and it's just quickly on expectations, because I feel like especially in relationships, like, I don't know about you, Jordan, but me as a three, I'm like constantly, I'm pretty critical of myself and I usually have high expectations of myself. And sometimes it means I have high expectations of other people, aka also the people I'm in a relationship with, but it's not always fair to have those expectations of them, especially one, because I already know I have too high of expectations of myself. I can't have that high of expectations of others, but two, because it's not always even said. So um, do you struggle with having expectations? Do you guys struggle with that? And how do you manage it? Um, I think we've gotten much better at it, but I, I will say that, um, when it comes to, you know, not necessarily expecting him to read my mind, that's still an yes. issue, I think. Um, but there's times, I mean, he's even communicated, like, here's an area that I think I had expectations of what would happen and that's not what happened. And so mm. it can go both ways, but, I think one thing that's helped us has been, you know, especially since getting married, we don't do it all the time, but like once a month having a marriage counseling meeting with a couple who actually is very similar to us, which is a huge blessing. Um, Mm. But they like the man thinks very similar to Matt. He played professional football. Like there's so many similarities. And then the woman who's the, you know, the wife in that situation um, has her own design business. Like she's way more like the way she thinks is like, I think so we can really kind of work and but they have 20 years or 10 years more life experience than we do I'm not quite sure how long they've been married and um either way you know it's like Mm -hmm. that helps us navigate those expectations even if it's not necessarily like I mean it doesn't feel like marriage counseling a lot of time they feel like our friends which is amazing Mm -hmm. um but I think having an older couple or another couple who can help you navigate the way that you think and he thinks and be able to identify those expectations. Like there's sometimes things that you hold on to that you don't even realize you have unmet expectations on until mm. someone else can voice it. Like, you know what? I think the reason you're getting so frustrated about X, Y, or Z is because these were the expectations of what you would have, you know, and you can't always like self-diagnose that. So that's been really helpful for us to be able to identify because now in other similar situations, we can go, you know what? Last time we were in a similar situation to this, I had this kind of unmet expectation. This is how I got angry angry. Um, but Mm. you know, now I'm aware and I'm prepared because I can look back at other behavior and see the way, you know, things were. So, yeah. And, and just to go off that, um, I know this is a dating podcast, but (laughs) there's a tip for, you know, when, if, you know, if the relationship evolves to engagement and then marriage, Mm -hmm. premarital counseling, is a must. And I would highly, highly, we both would highly recommend uh, like marriage counseling while you're married. Like mm. there's such a stigma that it's like, you know, pulling the emergency brake, you know, it's like, Oh my gosh, like well, everything's going wrong. And so, you know, your marriage is on the rocks. If you're going to marriage counseling, it's like, no, it'd be like, if you like, I, I consider it like preventive maintenance on a car. Yeah. Like you get your oil changed. So your engine doesn't blow up. 
But if you just drive, 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 and you never stop and reset, there's our home phone again. <laughs> I love this um, interview. It's so candid. Okay, it's perfect. Um, <laughs> it's great. So no, I love that preventative maintenance, Matt. That's so yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a way to you know you stop you express your frustrations to a third party mm-hmm. um, and they can kind of, you know, point out, all right, yeah, you're right about this, but have you considered this? You know, yeah. it's like, oh no, I haven't considered that. Well, so, And I love that because we have blind spots. It's the whole thing. We have blind yeah. spots and when we're in it, it's sometimes ho- so hard to really get clarity and you need to get outside of that. I think that's so wise. Like I love that you guys are recommending that and it's, there's no problems with you necessarily. It's just seeking, it's wise. It's being yeah. wise. Like I would say even in dating, like you yeah. don't necessarily have to go to counseling, but having another couple mentor you or yeah. just like kind of a third party, if you're like you know probably wouldn't recommend doing that if you've gone on three dates but i'm saying like (laughs) you've been dating for six months or you've been dating for a year or even if you've just been dating for a while and you know that there's a like you know or even if you can get well i would honestly say even when you're dating like having other even if both of you are being mentored separately like you don't necessarily have to go together like you would if you're married or in premarital counseling but if you have a mentor someone pouring into you and he does too sometimes you can even in your separate ways take your like here's what's happening you know give me some like wise third party not you know because they are able to see I, a lot of times, like, it sounds like you have an expectation here that maybe he didn't anticipate, you know, or vice mm-hmm. versa. And so sometimes just having a third party, even if that's your mom or like your aunt or an older friend, maybe not your mom, because you don't want to complain about your your boyfriend or your, <laughs> your spouse. But the idea of like, who is someone who could be like a mom in your life? Who is someone who can be a wiser, older figure in your life and mentor you through maybe your own expectations or help you navigate that or identify that. A lot of the reasons I think we get stuck in our own frustrations is because really underlying that is either pride, ego, or unmet expectations. Mm-hmm. And whether that's with finances, whether that's with how he was going to take you on a date, whether that's with how he you know, communicates or something else. And so um, just having someone to help you like identify that, because once you can identify something, you're much, it's much more likely that you can tackle it. But if you're just kind of sitting there and festering, and you're not really identifying what the actual issue is, and you just think he's always doing things wrong, you're going to have a really toxic relationship. Mm. So, And then you'll start ruminating on just like, oh, he's doing these things wrong. He doesn't understand me, all these things. Right. So, right. Which isn't helpful. It's not helpful at all. Okay, right. you guys, this has been amazing. All right. I la- ask everybody the same last question. It can be really quick. But what is your final nugget of dating advice for the heart of dating people? It's <laughs> mm, a good one. Put the other person before yourself. Mm, that's good. Love that's that. that's that will solve 99% of your problems mm. is if you consider the other person, you know, b- before yourself. Mm. Good. Um, I would say stop overthinking it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think we overthink a lot. Like, what does it mean when he does this? Or what does it mean when he does that? And um, sometimes there is a meaning, but I think or vice versa, you know, and I just think Sometimes like you can really simplify it too. Like we can almost make our lives more complicated than they need to be. Um, And so again, if you can seek the resolutions, be intentional, find mentors, but really be like, am I overthinking this right now? Am I trying to make this more complicated than it is? I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we can catch ourselves in that case too and really simplify our relationships because that's what makes them the most harmonious. I love that. And because in overthinking, we lose the fun of dating. And I think that there can be so Mm -hmm. much fun in this process. I understand it's murky Mm -hmm. and tough for people, but I love that. We do overthink Mm -hmm. it, especially as Christians. I find we're like, I need a word from God right now on the first date in order to go out. (laughs) 
painted across the sky that this is who I need to pursue. I saw a double rainbow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, Okay. So you're amazing. Uh, How can everyone connect with you guys and, you know, keep up with your podcast, your book coming out, Jordan, just all the things. Absolutely. Well, you can find both of us on Instagram. I'm on Instagram as Jordan Lee Dooley. He's on Matt J. Dooley. Um, And then pretty much from there is everything else. My website is also just my name. So it's pretty (laughs) simple. And my book is on there with a backslash book. Own your everyday or so pumped every day. We purposely made one word because I feel like that means like ordinary, like own your real, own your ordinary life, like show up where you are. Um, And then the podcast, the She Podcast on iTunes. Spotify, Spotify, all the places, all the things. Yes. But yeah, we'd love for you guys to come hang out. Yes. All right, you guys. This has been so fun. I just had fun talking to y'all. I hope everyone yeah, else listening you. is just like, oh, that was so fun. I feel like we just they just got to hang out with us. You heard our home phone ring. So now you know you weren't know. lying about that. <laughs> I know. It's a real life. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll consider that for the future. <laughs> I don't know. My roommate's going to be like, no. Um, Oh, you guys are the best. Thank you so much. And I'm so in support of all of you guys, what you're doing. And thank you just for speaking truth out there. It's so needed. Absolutely. (laughs) Appreciate it, girl. Awesome. Thank you. Gosh, y'all, I had so much fun during that conversation with Jordan and Matt. They are just so incredible. And I love that they really are such an example of a couple that can work super well together, even with so many different qualities. The fact is, opposites can attract, y'all. Many times, the other person's weakness might in fact be your strength or vice versa. And this can be such a great opportunity to partner together in dynamic and impactful ways. I really love that Matt says he's the string to Jordan's balloon. It's so funny and and so true in so many ways. And I love that they've been able to identify so many of their patterns in such a way to use it for their benefit. Last thing, y'all, for the ladies specifically, please do yourself a favor and go pick up Jordan's new book, Own Your Everyday. I'm personally reading it right now and I'm soaking it in. It's so, so, so good. I love it. No matter if you're an entrepreneur, well into your corporate career, or just out of college, this book is going to inspire you and give you such clear direction. I cannot be more thankful for your support of the Heart of Dating podcast. I am blown away by your rankings, reviews, messages, all of it. If you want to be a part of our inner circle and support what we are doing, we encourage you to pledge any dollar amount that you want on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heartofdating. Also, if you like this podcast, would you please consider giving us a review? It helps us immensely and we cannot thank you more. Until next time, friends.